Every time you do a trailer read, you have to be like, nope, this is how it's supposed to sound. This is what it is. If you don't like it, screw you, but this is what it is. <laughs> Getting feedback from someone, choosing not to take it personally, is actually very freeing. Mm -hmm. And I find for me that I do the worst when I'm trying to give somebody what they want. It's like the modern version of the, the two people inside of a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Times are changing, we want different voices, we want different races, we want more female voices. I think it's a beautiful thing and I'm actually just super excited to be part of the world of voiceover today. And there is something about the strength in numbers that has been really emboldening. We lie on the floor flopping around like a, like a fish for 45 minutes. We work in isolation booths. So if we, want, if we don't want to be isolated, we should leave those booths. Never think, uh, I hope he asks me to be, I hope he pitches me to whoever they read. Like, if you think that way, then they're mm -hmm. not really your friends or peers, and you're just trying to use yeah. people. Yeah. She pilots my meat suit. I've only heard really bad things about Jamie. Right. Well, yeah, that know, makes sense. That makes sense. you got to watch the bridge, though. <laughs> Instead of trying to figure out how to get into it, I just brought a bunch of people together that none of us knew the industry. Stop wiping expectations on any audition. It's never give up and be the most persistent person in the room. It's always those that are the last ones standing. You're going to get a lot more no's than you get yeses, and I, that's true for me today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Now, today we are talking with Rolf Veldman. He is the CEO of Voice123. Now, unless you've been living under a rock in the voiceover community, you will have heard that Voice123 underwent a huge transformation recently, and a lot of people who are members of the site were dismayed, shall we say? <laughs> a lot of consternation, confusion, and the rollout wasn't necessarily the best it could have been. Um, so Rolf has had agreed to come on and he talked to me a little while ago about what they were thinking, why they decided to completely refresh the site and their plans for the future. So I want to thank Rolf for doing that. He sort of walked into the lion's den a little bit and uh, I grilled him a little bit, kind of politely, but he got a little bit of a grilling. <laughs> I suppose time will tell if they follow through on some of the things they're talking about, but I really want to thank Rolf for coming on and and being so honest and frank about the whole thing. He's a really nice chap, so you'll hear that shortly. But before we get there, I am again joined by someone in my intro. Last week it was JMC, <laughs> now it's someone else. So who do we have today? <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> <laughs> It's Karen Gilfrey. <laughs> Hello, I'm Karen Gilfrey. Um, I'm very happy to be here today. Uh, I am a voice actor in New York City. I run a big group called Voice Actors of NYC, where we all in New York get together for all kinds of big events and stuff. Voice actor extraordinaire for all kinds <laughs> of commercial things and audiobooks yeah. and what else do you do? I do my best, as we all do. Right. <laughs> and you do a bit of everything in voiceover, right? You pretty much. Yeah, a bit of everything, a bit of everything. Um, but I'm here today because Jamie and I have a very awesome, fun announcement, mm. something that we've been working on for a while. And that is we are putting on a uh, conference for the business side of voiceover in New York City from September 13th through 15th. And it is called vocation yes with the v and the o capitalized like voiceover and vocation vacation. <laughs> and vacation yeah vocation um, vacation it, it all it's a beautiful name and, and you came up with it so hats off to you for that i, I thought it was very you. clever thank you but we're very excited um 
it just seemed like there was a need for a conference in New York. Yeah. Everybody loves New York. Everyone wants to come to New York. It's just an awesome, awesome place and one of the big markets in voiceover. Mm. And also all of the other conferences focus a lot on performance yeah. and uh, not as much on business. And we wanted to make sure that ours is really focused on the business side of voiceover and making yourself as a voice actor into the best business that you can be. Yeah. And it's such an important part of your day-to-day -day life as a voice actor um, that we really wanted to make, you know, it's not the sexiest subject, <laughs> but essentially I'd like for it to be that you can focus all your learning in a couple of days and then you can sort of chill out about it for a long time. So you have to look yeah. on it again. Um, and you can come away from it with a huge amount of information about all kinds of stuff to do with running your business. Yeah. Branding, marketing, uh, direct marketing, online casting and pay to play sites, uh, whether or not you should form an LLC or a C Corp or an S Corp, how the new tax laws affect you. Um, there'll be a, a session taught by Jamie on uh, engineering for voiceover and building home studios, um, negotiating contracts. It's just kind of a really great all encompassing business thing for a weekend. And hopefully you'll come away a better business than when you came. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And we got a pretty great lineup of speakers as well. It's amazing. Everyone we've asked has been super enthusiastic to speak. Yeah. So I'm really yeah. happy with who we've got. And we've got a few more people to announce. We're not going to talk about the people right now, probably. But by the time this airs, you'll be able to visit our website and see the people that have already confirmed. And we've got more coming up. Um, so if you want to look at that, the website for that is vocationconference.com. Is that right? Yeah. Vocationconference.com. Yep, that's right. And tickets are going to uh, go on sale April 1st yep. for our conference. That will be September 13th through the 15th at Symphony Space in Manhattan. Yeah. So combine a New York trip with a little bit of learning and you've got a, a lovely weekend. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be great. And I'm this morning, actually, to just set up the social media. So we'll have all that set up ready for when this airs. Uh, currently, the Twitter is VocationNYC, and you'll be able to find us on Facebook as well. And I'll put those links on the website too. So that way you can stay in touch with us and you can see who's getting announced as speakers and all the other information that we're going to put out there that's going to help you with uh, coming to the conference. And um, we're keeping it relatively small, this first one, right? So yeah. tickets are going to be uh, rather sought after, I would have thought. Yeah, I think so. I mean, look at the cool people we have coming. I mean, I you, can't, you will be able to in a, in a little while. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anything yeah. else you'd like to add? Just that you're a great conference partner. Oh, come on. <laughs> likewise, likewise. <laughs> it's been really fun planning this. Yeah, organized almost entirely via Facebook. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> what would we have done without Facebook I know, Messenger? You're, I know, because you're, you're in Philly and I'm in New York and... I mean, you're not that far away, but still. No. All right, cool. Well, thanks for coming on, talking about it. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Okay, so we're going to have a couple of quick ads, and then we're going to get to our interview with Rolf. So please enjoy. The National Zoo. <laughs> because sometimes you just need to stroke a llama. Instagram. 
Download it and start embarrassing your teenagers today. Resolve spot and stain. Because the dog's gonna drag his butt on the carpet. He just is. Engage the droid army with this Lego Star Wars Republic fighter tank. Hi, it's J. Michael Collins. And these are just a few examples of the first-class demos my team and I are producing. If you'd like to have something similar, visit jmcvoiceover.com and click on the Demo Production tab to find out more. Connect your studio to the world with IPDTL. IPDTL is a cost-effective alternative to ISDN without the need for hardware or line rental. Connect, mix, and record up to four locations at the same time, including phone patch, right from your computer. You don't need additional software as IPDTL runs in your browser, and you can even get your own ISDN number. Try a day pass for just $15, or subscribe monthly or yearly. So, for directed sessions, interviews, and of course, podcasts, choose IPDTL. Okay, so today it's my privilege to be joined by Rolf Veldman. He is the CEO of Voice123, so thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me, Jamie. Okay, so we are going to be talking about Voice123 and the major transformation that has recently undergone there. Um, Mm -hmm. But before that, I want to find out about you because... As of right now, you're not hugely well-known in the voiceover industry. Um, I know you're doing VO Atlanta, and I'm sure you're uh, looking to expand your presence in the industry. So why don't we find out a bit more about you, how you got into this crazy world? Makes sense. I can also understand that most people don't really know me. I actually went undercover last year in... Uh, well, not undercover. I was there on behalf of Voice on the 3, but at one voice conference in London as well. So oh, yeah. I got, got to meet a lot of people already. So... Yeah, my name is Rolf Feldman. I am originally from the Netherlands, as my accent cannot hide. <laughs> uh, and I currently live in, in Bogota, Colombia, but I move around between Colombia, the Netherlands, and the US. So it's about one-third, one-third, one-third. Cool. And it, it's a good explanation of what I like to do a lot, and that's traveling. That's actually how I got to know Voice123. So um, in the Netherlands, I had an academic career in history. Um, because I was very in love with the art of storytelling and I like to learn more about, of course, the past. And that's where you learn to write and gave me a lot of skills in terms of how to tell a story. Um, But when you graduate in the height of the economic crisis, it's not the best degree to find a job. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So I did whatever I could to get by in the beginning. Uh, Ended up in a government job. I always had the idea to work into politics because my um, my personal drive is that I like to improve the life of others around me. Hmm. And I thought the best way to do that is to become a politician. And when I was in that government position, I realized soon that this is a very straightforward job and I can do this for many years. And I dreaded the boredom that was in front of me. Right. So I decided to quit and my then wife, I have my then girlfriend, now wife, and I just decided to sell everything we got and travel for about a year, and then money would run low again, and we, we would l- like to live somewhere abroad. And we decided to go to Latin America, travel around for about a year, ended up in Colombia, and we knew one person in Colombia. <laughs> and by that time we arrived in Colombia, money was running low, so we had to make a decision. Either we go back home, or we try and make it. Yeah. So we contacted one person, and that one person knew one of the founders of Voice123 that got us in touch. And that's how I started back in 2016, uh, working with uh, Alexander Torranegra and Tanya Zapata. And right. I've been in a company for two and a half years, and the opportunity arose to move to the CEO spot. 
as Alexis, Alexander and Tanya were moving more f- further away from Voice on the Three itself and, and joining in an advisory role, but not in a day-to-day. So the yeah. opportunity was there. They had trained me. I was ready for the challenge. And that's how I joined uh, last June. Wow, that's, that's great. It's uh, quite a summary. I don't yeah. know if it's enough, but... No, that's perfect. So what was what were your first impressions of the voiceover industry when you first started in this position? Well, it's it's a it's a closed industry. So as mm. uh, many people out there in the world, they have no idea about the kind of work that goes on, mm. uh, how hard it is to be a voice actor and how hard it is to find uh, voice actors all over the world for all the pro- projects that you want to fulfill. So plus there's a dynamic because people in the industry that work as actors are artists and entrepreneurs and that's a very nice and unique combo yeah definitely a wild amount of passion and then also uh business savviness so i I like that specific persona that uh, of the people that i work with so it's it's very common that a discussion that we have about the voice over industry of people that i meet and we talk about voice it it goes all ranges goes very heated all the way to very methodic and analytical about the industry itself. And I like that constant dynamic. And for me, it was, it was an opportunity to move back into the thing that I love when I went into my academic role, which was storytelling. Mm. And when I saw what Voice on the Three was doing, which is basically an open marketplace connecting people all around the world, I thought, if I get to work for a company like that, my impact to improve people's lives is, is potentially way bigger than if I become a politician in, a, in, in the country as the Netherlands. So it, it worked perfectly for me and the opportunity and the timing was as random as it was perfect for me. Yeah. So do you think coming from outside the industry is a benefit to Voice123 because you can see it from an external perspective? Do you think that's, that's beneficial? Uh, oh, it's always beneficial to have, of course, an extra perspective. Um, mm. So if you are starting a new company as an external person, you might bump into a lot of... Uh, obstacles and you make a lot of mistakes so yeah the advantage of voice on the three is that it's not just me there is a there's a history there's people who actually founded the company themselves that are work, work close with we work with a lot of voice uh, voice actors a lot of uh, clients themselves that are advisors so i can combine maybe that fresh look mm. with all the knowledge and expertise that we have in-house and i think those two components move each other forward right can you give us a sense of the what the team is like there for voice one two three in bogota like what is how big is it what kind of people are there and what do you guys get up to every day no sure uh, it's actually not in bogota so we're a, we're a u.s company what right. we do is we are basically working the same way that most of our voice actors work and we work from home or we work remote right so we have now 18 team members and 11 nationalities so it's, oh. it's very diverse yeah uh, which I like, and it's another exciting thing about working at Voice Onto Three. So everybody works from either their own uh, home office, or we make sure that you have a, a co-working space. So, oh, cool. and you can actually just go to our our website, and you can see all the people working there right now. So, all right. What what we try to do is a way to feel how your, in this case, our users and our customers are working is to work in a similar fashion, like. Uh, if I travel, I bring my studio, but my studio, instead of all the equipment, is a laptop. I don't have to actually go into the closet and record, <laughs> but I can bring my laptop and work from there. And that, in the same way that I realize being a voice actor, you're never really free. There's never attention yeah. for, for a vacation. There's always that job or that client that needs something now. So you always need to be on call. Right? So we try to 
not always be on call, of course. I, I need my team to take breaks, but um, we have a similar setup where we work from home and we try to digitally connect. So we're very well first in, in, in tools in the way that we connect right now. So we use everything to video tools. Yeah. The team is, is a mix of, of uh, well, like I said, 11 different nationalities. So it's quite diverse. Yeah, that's amazing. That's good to hear peek behind the curtain of Voice123 a little yeah. bit. <laughs> no, so it's, the thing I like is that we are a, a global company with a global reach and a global yeah. team. And then I think my personal story also very fits very well with like what the company is like. Um, we don't focus on one area. We think in a, we think big, we think around the world. And then it's, mm. I think it's interesting that we actually see that represented in the team members that we have. So. I'm excited about this part, as you can hear from my voice. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it is representative of the industry as well. It's a very global industry. I mean, we all yeah. work from our closets, but we can be doing projects from all four corners of the globe. So, you know, that's yeah. sort of it's good that. Okay, so now I want to dive into questions. Now, what I did was to get a sense of what's important for most people uh, as relates to the change that's undergone at Voice123, I created a little poll in our Facebook group. And I've nice. got a whole list of subjects that I'm going to go through from most important down to least important. So we're going to start off with the most important things that people want to know about. Um, so if you're ready, I'm going to grill you and we're going <laughs> to see what we can get. Always ready for a grill. <laughs> All right. So as I explained, Voice123 changed a huge amount. When was that? In like January 1st or a couple of months ago? Um, uh, December 12th. Oh, okay. So it's been been around for a, for a good few months now. Um, but you guys have been going for, for quite a long time. And there was a big uh, change that happened not only in the design, but in the functionality and everything, I, I assume, right back to the sort of core code of how you set up the website. Um, Correct. Now, that has uh, meant that voice talent have had to change their approach to how they use the site, particularly people that are sort of very used to how things have been done for so many years. Um, so there was a fair amount of dismay <laughs> and confusion mm -hmm. at first. Um, but I think some of that, a lot of that has subsided at this point. But there are still some areas where people are a little concerned or confused that I think probably, hopefully we can sort of iron things out today and find out what's the, the sort of motivation behind these changes and where you foresee things moving forward. So the yes. first thing I want to talk about, which is by far the biggest issue that voice talent have with the new iteration, and actually probably this is relevant for the previous iteration as well, is the idea of usage combined into the job quote and the posting. Um, mm -hmm. So it's a broad subject, so I'd like to spend some time talking about it, but what is your approach to how usage fits into the the job posting on the website from the your and the client's perspective? Perfect. That is a big question. So let me try and dissect it yeah. and, and share you a bit about the way that we thought, the uh, way that we analyzed and what we in the end decided. Let me go start with what we had. So we had in our previous version a project form that had a what we call a button system where you can choose, uh, you can select what kind of usage it is, and then we post, post that project goes to the voice actor. We realized on the research that we did is that the project form that we had and the project forms that we had in the past never gave all the information sufficiently. Hmm. So, or not never, almost never. There was always room for interpretation, room for... Uh, a follow-up, uh, an extra question. As a voice actor, you know about maybe 80% 80, 80 of 
the requirements of this specific project at best. Mm. And we decided by that the button system, where you basically choose a drop-down menu of what usage is, was not really covering it because usage is such a, a fluid, a fluid, not, not the same mechanism, but it, it changes constantly. So if you ask me um, what are the most important um, usage selections about two or three years ago, everybody would say TV commercials. And now if I, um, if I do a spot for Ryan Reynolds' Instagram account, I have a 50, 50 million uh, people reach. And we realized that the clients that come through our platform specifically use um, their, their um, voiceover work, not necessarily just for one thing, they have multiple implications. So mm. we could never drop, put it into one singular drop-down menu. So we decided to go for a funnel approach. We go for the very basic budget, uh, is that negotiable or not? Uh, how do we need this delivered? Um, what are the project specs per se? And then we funnel all the information relevant for a voice actor to quote based on what he or she wants to quote on, because not everybody quotes on usage. We put that into a funnel system and then try to have the client write it down. The idea would be, from a user perspective, and maybe it's getting too technical, but the idea would be that as soon as you post a project as a client, you feel, okay, I'm missing something. Let me write down everything I need to write down because mm -hmm. I could not select everything. We see that over time working more and more and more. So the idea would be that coming from the past, we realized we're not giving all the information to the voice actors. Uh, we tested a sort of funnel approach in the years before, and it seemed to be working. So we went for that approach in a new system. So Voice on 3 doesn't have a beef in usage per se. Our goal is not to make sure that voice actors quote higher or quote low, lower. We're not into the budget side of things. We are an open marketplace. We don't take a, a cut of the interaction between the voice actor and the client. It's just that we make sure there are auditions and voice actors can audition for that and clients receive those auditions. So the approach to how we implement it, uh, getting usage onto a invitation that you receive as a voice actor in your inbox was the funnel system. Right at the beginning, we see about half of the clients not understanding it at all. Mm. Not at all, but they, they post, they're confused because they used to, were used to an older system. Now they have to change, so now they forget to do that step. Already in the second, third, fourth week, we see that changing and we see increase in information. So that's good. Uh, new new uh, clients that come, and we call them clients internally. And uh, clients, in my case, are the people looking for the voice actors yeah. because they are clients of the voice actor. That's why we use them like that. Um, and we see that new clients are doing that better and better and better. So the approach is working, but not always. Um, mm. And we realized that, so you did a poll on your Facebook uh, group and yeah. you got part of that information. We, of course, have our own data sets as well from the last 15 years and we have hundreds of thousands of users. And we see that usage is an issue for a, not for everybody per se. So we cannot make it an obligatory step for everybody. So we decided to make it a written down approach because not everybody quotes on usage, people quote on other things. People quote on the relationship they might get out of it. So when we have that open text box, people are more likely this is one out of uh, many jobs that we want to do, or this is one, uh, this is only a one-off job that we want to do on a TV station and it's for in perpetuity, but it is only for one year and next year we're going to do a different video. Mm. So then in perpetuity becomes something completely different because most clients simply don't understand. So that's again why we had that 
feedback mechanism in a new tool to make sure that whenever a client does it wrong or doesn't have that information, voice actors can reply saying, I cannot quote by this. So can I just come back to this idea of the funnel? Um, yeah, sure. When a, when a client posts a, let's walk through the process from their perspective. So when a client posts a project, they have an opportunity to put the budget, but at that stage, they don't, they're not required to put any usage. Is that right? And then there's an, there's another stage after that where they are um, encouraged to explain usage in a written form. Is that is that how it works? So, it's, and not precisely, it's basically uh, before you press send, you have to fill out uh, re requirements. Uh, we start with what kind of gender and age, language, a bit more about we, uh, work details. So uh, do you have a set of uh, words or do you still need to be defining that? Or do you have a set of seconds or minutes? Then how do you want it delivered? Do you need more services? How many additions do you need? And do you need a custom audition or not? What is the deadline? Uh, what is the budget? And then in the last section, which is project details, we ask for the project name and we ask the client, so what is the project about? How will it, the recording be used? Who's the target audience? So every, everything that I just mentioned is in the single page that the client needs to fill out before he goes to the voice actor. So it sounds like in the sort of description box, you're asking the client to put all the sundry information aside from the budget and the, the other things you just described. So correct. would it be wise to create an additional box that is devoted to usage? That you, they can freeform write what they like in it. So it's clearly defined as that's an important element. I understand that just having a drop down with a finite number of options is probably not going to do it for a lot of projects. And that's probably why things mm -hmm. uh, didn't work in the past. But if you specifically had a box defined uh, that was devoted to how this voiceover recording is used, that may encourage them to actually go, okay, so usage is an important part. Because I think any client understands that if they're posting a job for their small business and it's like a voicemail system for their like Christmas hours or something like that, mm -hmm. that's going to have a different value than someone posting for a Pepsi commercial in the Super Bowl. <laughs> or something yeah, like of that. course, no, of course. So, so if if it was clearly defined, then the voice actor can see that, and then they go, okay, so I, I got a sense of the scale of this project, and I can quote accordingly. Um, is that would that be a possibility for a future iteration? Do you think or yeah, for sure, that would be a option for the future. Not necessarily that we're doing that right now, but mm. I don't know if you have seen the uh, product, the platform roadmap that I presented. One of the pieces that we want to update is this project form. Mm. One of the things that we brought back, for example, is not only having an up to option for clients and voice actors to work with, but also a fixed budget option. option. Mm. The other part, we're thinking about how can we improve this usage part? Because we also get that feedback from uh, a large portion of the industry. So mm. how do we deal with that? What do we do moving forward? Um, I don't want to connect it to a fixed, like I don't want to connect usage to a budget. I don't want to connect a usage as a fixed system. But uh, like you said, an open text field might be a, the, the, the final option. Yeah. What, what, what we're trying to avoid and what we've done in the past is that we basically have created camels, you know, uh, a horse designed by committee. Oh, right. That's the yeah. way that, that, that smart, smart cast worked. It became very complex. Yeah. And if we add on, add on, add on, it becomes too much of a hassle. And we see, uh, we see a direct correlation with how easy it is to fill out a project form to how many clients submit projects. Right, yeah. 
And why that is important to us is because we are not creating a platform just for voice actors. We're creating a platform for both. So if you have a voice actor create a platform like Voice of the Three, it won't work. And if you have a client create a platform uh, for their needs, it won't work either. So we have to balance those kind of those two sides. Certainly, yeah. So I I, I believe your suge- suggestion about adding a, uh, an extra additional textbooks just about usage might work. Mm. In fact, we're, we're thinking about testing that already. So uh, I agree there mm. might be something to do here, but I also believe that that is not a long-term solution. The idea would be for us to make it e- even easier than it is now and in the previous version for voice actors and clients to talk to each other. Yeah. So whenever there's doubt, whether it's about usage or another part, that either that's done in a public way so everybody can see it or it's done as fast as possible so nobody's blocked. Yeah, I mean, I I completely understand your position and we obviously also want to encourage as many clients coming through your system as possible. (laughs) It's beneficial to us too. Um, That's our thought as well. Yeah, Yeah, but it's just such an important element for us as to what projects we audition for and what the quote's going to be that at this point without having that defined at the audition stage it throws up a lot of vagary and uh can potentially lead to i wouldn't say straight up issues but you know you know some some further negotiation later down the line and could potentially be problematic i think in if they're like oh we were thinking of putting it online and uh, on, on you know local tv or something like that and this yeah. wasn't no. stated early in the process so i acknowledge i acknowledge that in full so that's one of the side effects that it has had that mm. um that as soon as you post as a client and as a voice actor, you then think you have agreed on a price. And then as soon as you go yeah. to the final step, like everybody has either wasted their time or needs to do it again. And that's not ideal. Yeah. We've been trying to optimize that in the past and it was not, it's never been hundred percent successful and we're trying to do it now week over week as well. So it's, it's important to us as it is to, to all of you. Yeah. But I think it's the, so the hard nugget here is that, that there has been a change. So we had that very fixed in the previous system and it worked for about for a lot of voice actors in our platform. Mm. And then we changed that and now it doesn't work for that specifically that uh, group of people because now we people have to adjust in how they sometimes quote because now mm-hmm. usage is not in every single piece. Uh, we do, however, see the same amount of budgets coming through, yeah. the same amount of quotes seeing through, even more projects being posted. So there's more work. Uh, the pricing is uh, the same. So that's the hard part for us, right? There's this qualitative part where we discuss about usage and it has a more of a philosophical uh, content as well. Yeah. Uh, more conceptual content. And then we see the actual data and, that's, and it's my job to find a balance there. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I completely see your <laughs> quandary in that situation. Um, but I think, I think certainly not to just completely drill this point too much, but I think from our perspective, that would be such a huge addition if yes. you could do that and it would make so many people happy you could impress your voice talent roster <laughs> by adding yeah. something like that okay so i don't i know we've got a limited amount of time so i want to move straight yeah. on to the next thing so now on the previous version when the auditions reached the maximum number that the client wanted to receive it would just shut shut off the uh the ability to audition I've noticed that that isn't so much the case anymore, that if you reach, say, 50 auditions and you as a voice talent are going in and you can see that it's reached its maximum, there still seems to be the option for submitting. So is that a deliberate decision or is that a a bug or or what's what's the thinking behind that? It's a good question. And I like this topic a lot because uh, it is actually one of the things that we've implemented coming from the voice uh, actor side of the platform specifically. Right. In the previous system... Uh, the 
the project was basically blocked when there were enough auditions submitted, just like you uh, now said. Mm. But we realized that that is favoring speed over quality. Right. And that's in the long term, not something that we want to do. We want to favor quality over speed. So hmm. you have an advantage if you are constantly on Voice123 and constantly submitting uh, auditions to all the projects that come through. What we decided to do based on that feedback is we, we, we leave it open until the deadline instead of until there are enough auditions. And the client can close the project at any time. But we also see, because we had a hypothesis that maybe that would in part self-regulate. I, as a voice actor, see this has already been auditioned to five times over. I'm not going to audition for this. But we don't see that per se happening. Mm -hmm. uh, we see that a lot of voice actors, no matter whether it is, let's say I ask for five uh, auditions and there's already 50 submitted, which should never happen. I still go and uh, submit an audition. Of course, your chances are going to be below. We thought we're going to choose quality over speed and then it will in part self-regulate because clients will shut it down and voice actors won't go over it as much. But the idea would be that we don't want to block someone that might not have the time now, but, but might be better uh, in the end. So that's the, the thought behind it. But then you have extreme situations. I saw one project where maybe there was 10 uh, requested and there were about 150 proposals. I mean, that's not fun for anyone. Yeah. So it's, 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 we can do there two things. We can either uh, share fewer invitations to people or we automatically close it down or there's different ways we're thinking about solving to make sure that those extreme cases don't ha happen. But we're quite happy or we're not unhappy when there are five or six auditions more than what is requested. Uh, does that make sense? Yeah, so the client is receiving those extra auditions. They're getting yeah, yeah. So if yeah, yeah. that <laughs> client was getting 150 when they only wanted 10... Yeah, not all clients like that. Some clients love it. Um, yeah. So we don't have to make it even more clear. You can close at any time. But yeah, if you if you don't check voice on the three for one day and suddenly you have a full inbox, I see that's a struggle. So Right. So are they receiving them in order of when they were sent in? Yeah. Uh, you can you can actually join as a as a client yourself and, and try and post a project and you can see the whole workflow from that side. Right. I recommend everybody to do it. But yes, they, they come in as they uh, are submitted. Okay. And then a client can, can either order them uh, in different ways, either from the, how many likes they give or based on time or, or budget or whatever they want. So there's no penalization for submitting over the, the requested amount from the voiceover perspective? Well, there's a penalization in the sense that you're less likely to get a like if you're number 150, right? Okay, yeah. Because well, clients also work fast. So when mm. I... Even if my deadline is in three days and I receive already five good quality uh, auditions in day one, I might choose from them. And then everything else that comes through, I might choose not to even listen to them. We don't want that. So we, we notify clients when that happens. But it is a, a scenario that happens sometimes. So um, are, you, are you saying then that, that your ratio of submissions to likes affects your rating? Is, is that why that would be a bad idea? Uh, so, yeah. So as... The Smartcast had, let's say, uh, 45,000 ingredients, and this new algorithm has basically two, very simplified two. Mm. One is the membership level that you have, so whether you're a premium, a standard, or a platinum, it matters. And then there is the percentage of liked proposals. Okay. So when a client opens your audition and it gets liked, then uh, you rank higher than when it's not being liked. I realize now that in my previous example, the client wasn't even opening them. So then it doesn't matter. It's all about when clients review them and like them. 
Okay, so they have to be reviewed for that to, to yeah. be relevant. Okay, all right. Well, that sort of plays into the next thing that we were. Uh, I was going to ask you. Um, are we able to see our ratio or see our likes? Um, per per project, you mean? Or well, per, overall, uh, really. I mean, if we in the previous iteration, we could see our star rating for every project yeah. that we submitted. Um, that was something that was quite popular. I know it wasn't, it was certainly wasn't an accurate reflection of, you know, on a sort of micro level per project, but it was a good reflection overall of how you were doing on the site. Would that be something that you would implement other than just your sort of rating on the, on the site in general? Yeah. So based on the feedback that we got about the previous version, actually the star system was one of the least liked parts of voice into three from the voice actor side. They simply didn't like it because Sometimes I receive one star and sometimes I receive four star and then I get a job uh, for both. I don't understand what it means. Sometimes mm. nobody stars me and I still get the job. Um, and having that direct feedback on each and every single project caused a lot of stress, basically, or anxiety for a, a big chunk of our um, platform. So we decided instead of doing it project by project, we do an overall score uh, that updates every week. Okay. So that's what we have right now. Um, I do get questions from voice actors like saying the problem there is, however, that if I, let's say, I try a new niche, I never done animation and I try animation and I have no idea of knowing whether it's specifically that project that wasn't liked or maybe another project. So it's hard to try out new, add new niches to your, or new colors to your palette, basically. So I see a problem there. So um, we, there's different ways to go about. It might not be that we always share the direct feedback, but potentially maybe a weekly or a monthly update. We're, we're thinking that internally, like how can we optimize this? Yeah, I mean, I I never personally used the star rating all that much, to be perfectly honest. I would My approach is generally audition and forget about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I know some people do did follow those quite a lot and could get some, like, like you say, there was a lot of random element in there. But if you looked yeah. at it in a sort of general terms, like how am I doing roughly right about now? And I'm, I'm booking a lot, I'm getting a lot of four and five stars or whatever the number was. Mm-hmm. Um, it was quite useful for people. And on the poll, it's like fourth highest in terms of importance. So, I mean, it does suggest that there are an, uh, there is an element of the voiceover industry that does did rate the uh, the rating system. Um, yeah. So it's yeah. certainly relevant. They, so they, I think I agree. So they, they both liked it, as in it, I'm happy that's there because it's giving me feedback, but I don't like the way it works. So mm. that's one of the reasons why instead of a, a rating system, we now have a like. So a client you can either choose to like or not like mm. and it's a way f- like a big part of the clients that come through voice on the three are people that not necessarily hire the voice actor directly but hire a voice actor for a third party right so then they shift uh, like i'm giving this person six or seven likes and this is how i view them but it all counts as one for us because that is a potential match in the audition okay so what what is what does the uh, client see how how do they like someone? Are, uh, do they have a rating system? Is it like one to five, or is it just I like it or I don't like it? <laughs> the, the the second one. Yeah. Okay. And what happens? So I'm gonna I could share you like a typical flow of how that works. It might, yeah, great. I try I try not to make it uh, technical per se, but the idea would be that uh, I as a client submit a project, I receive twenty auditions, and I wanted twenty. I'm then gonna choose my favorite five or my favorite ten, and I'm gonna like all those 10 I'm going to share them to a colleague like these are the ones that I like uh, within those likes within the people I like I like this one the best what do you think and then they 
in that way, they share their inbox basically with uh, the third person. And then that third person says, oh, I like this one as well. And then they end up working with uh, either the one that got the one like or the three likes. Right. And that person, even though they've been liked by three people, they get one like. Correct. Okay. Yeah. Because okay. that's our business model. Not a business model, but our platform mechanism is that we offer voice actors the ability to audition, the opportunity to audition, and we offer clients auditions. Basically. Mm. We yeah. don't do an end deliverable. Yeah. No, and we love that about you. <laughs> that's why we like <laughs> voice one, two, three. <laughs> okay. So uh, in a similar sort of vein to this, declining auditions, does this hinder or benefit you as a talent? Now, the fact that based on what you previously said, um, you should auditions for thing, audition for things that you're likely to get liked. <laughs> that's going to help you. Yeah. Uh, is there any penalization for declining too many or not declining them or what's what's no. the approach there uh, yet uh, i would uh, advise everybody to decline for the uh, projects they don't want to audition to it doesn't have any impact uh, whatsoever so it's just a way to let us know voice on the three and the, and therefore also the, the client that posts the project i'm interested in this and i'm gonna audition mm. so if you decline uh, let's say we send it out to to 20 people the project and 18 decline we realize okay we have to send more invitations out right and but it doesn't affect any way that you rank in the platform whatsoever okay that's good to know and when you decline you have options for uh, you know explaining why it's not appropriate for you and you have a free like text box there as well that information you're just using for your own purposes that doesn't affect what you're going to be sent in the future or does it no it doesn't affect it's so that's one of the education mechanisms that we wanted to put in so the right. idea would be so I declined this uh, because it has no information about usage. Mm. And then we see out of 20 people, 18 people say the same thing. We immediately tell the client that this is what's happening and this is why it will take longer. If okay. you post a project with usage, uh, more specifically, you have a better chance of getting a better result. So that's how it works. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, great. Um, now, this personally is one thing that I would love you to fix. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'd like to see the job information on the file upload tab <laughs> because okay. currently what happens is you look at the, actually I've got a, I've got an example up here. If you accept a job, you have three tabs, specs, invitations, and your proposal. Um, so you go to your proposal, you can upload your file, you can um, choose a sample of your work, you can add your proposal details. But at this point, I've usually forgotten what the exact what the up to number is or the the, the yeah. range so then i go back to specs to have a look at what the price is and it deletes all the, the information that i've just yeah. put in is there a way of putting that budget information on that on the your proposal page because that would say that would really really improve my life yes it's on <laughs> our i agree that's uh to put it mildly frustrating yeah so i i completely agree and it's something that we should fix um, we have it on uh, on our roadmap, so to speak, and and that's way that's maybe me wanting to be a politician too bad. Like I don't want to fix, I don't want to commit to a day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When we fix it, because there might next Monday something might happen that we have to prioritize. So, but mm -hmm. thank you. We've heard this a lot, and this is something that will be fixed. Good. That's that's fantastic news for me. Yeah. Um, okay. So other than likes, are there any other things? Well, actually, you've I think you've already explained this, but it's likes and membership level, but. Are there any other things that determine a talent's ranking on the site? So I think it's good to highlight at this point that the ranking only counts for and the 
So we've, when a client submits a project, so one of the big advantages of Voice on the Tree over, I would say, every single platform out there is that we have the best search in the industry. And for, these, for our search mechanism, it doesn't matter whether you have um, one like or, or 100,000 likes. Mm. That system is based on how many relevant samples do you have on your profile that match the specific needs of that client. Right. And that search has been very accurate and, and accurate and very successful. So the, the elements we talked about before are one part of the system. The other part of the system, and that's how a lot of people find work through the Voice on 3 as well, is by having an up-to-date profile with plenty of samples, and that shows up on our search. And that's and what counts there is basically relevancy. So how relevant is your specific profile connected to what the client is looking for? And it's been very, and it's been uh, a couple times smarter than it, it was before. And, it, and it's been very interesting to watch how effective it has been. Of course, there's always improvements to be made, mm. but I'm uh, specifically proud on that part of our platform. Uh, maybe I deviated a bit from the question, but the question no, was, no, of course, yeah. other, other, other parts, but depends on where you look in the platform is my answer. So would, would having more specific demos or uploaded improve that searchability of, of you being found? Yeah, it's why we make, uh, and it's quite a deliberate uh, wording change that we made from uh, demos to samples. Oh, okay. So we did, and we, and we advised that both. So what we, we did a lot of research on how clients basically look for voice actors and how then voice actors could optimize being found by them. Mm. Um, what we often see in the old system, and we tested it on other platforms as well, that if you are a client and I'm, I'm looking for, uh, I'm trying to find you basically, Jamie, and you have, only, you have a commercial demo on there. Yeah. yeah. Um, potentially you also do e-learning. Mm. I'm looking for an e-learning course, an e-learning uh, quality voice. Yeah. And I set all my filters that way and you show up first, but your demo is a commercial. I skip you because I only listen to the first 10 seconds. That's what clients normally do. Mm. And then I go to the next one. He or she made ha my have a learning uh, a demo or learning a sample right there. Right. So the demo reel is maybe, even though they're very short, they're sometimes still too long for, uh, for people that are using search functionalities and platform like ours and clean platforms all over. So they need to be highly relevant. So what we advise is to have your demo on your profile uh, added with the specific samples of specific words. Like one of our most searched, it's, I saw this last week, one of our most searched keywords is Morgan Freeman, of course. Right. If, if you're in that niche, but your very first uh, demo sample that shows up doesn't start with Morgan Freeman, you're not getting the job. Because what we see happening is that I client goes on, on a search uh, tool, looks for a specific keyword, listens to it, likes it, and then goes to the specific profile and listens to way more things. Right. So I would advise people to have their best demos on their profile first, but add plenty of samples that show your best work. It's a way to highlight your best work as well. Right, I see. That makes sense. And when you add your keywords, are the first few keywords the ones that show up first in the results or higher in the results? Yeah, so you can... You can you can um, describe your sample mm. and turn it to a five-story page, but by default it becomes less relevant because there's so many things that then it matches with. So the more specific your description is of your sample, the more likely you show up first. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay. Um, now, the up to budgets, 
Are, do yeah. you think this is encouraging people coming in and undercutting rates and lowballing? Presumably you don't, because this is why you instantiated it. <laughs> What's your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, so this is one of the main conversations we've had, with, with, that I've had with both the client side and with a lot of voice actors. Basically, almost every voice actor talking to me raises this specific question. Why do you have an opt uh, option? It instigates a race to the bottom. Mm. And like I said earlier in, in, our, in our talk, like we are not necessarily interested in the amount of the budget. We're interested in getting the match. Yeah. It's not something we wanted. And we realized that just the wording of up to created a lot of anxiety. Mm. Um, however, if you match it with the data, we don't necessarily see the amount people bid go down or go up. It's the same as before. So it, it doesn't have the race to the bottom effect, but it feels like it. And the same for... Uh, people posting projects like I don't want to have an up to because that implies negotiation. Uh, I just want to have a fixed budget and don't look at it ever again because that's how I work in my company. Mm. Uh, for voice actors, the same way. As soon as you receive a proposal, you see the negotiable toggle. That was actually designed to empower the voice actor in saying, um, "You posted this for five hundred dollars, but I see it's lacking information, so I'm going to make this negotiable by, based on the answer that you give me." So it, it gives you a, a bit more leeway and less less. Um, less noise after you potentially uh, agree. Having said all of that, I still I still realize it is giving that anxiety. So what we did um, last Wednesday is that the fixed budget is back. So okay. the fixed you now have an option to to get a fixed and up to a looking for a quote option, and there is of course the zero budget option. So mm. That's one of the things where we uh, we listen and then we implement. I will just tell you that from my perspective, when I see the negotiable button. Yeah. I think my thoughts are that um, it's essentially saying that I'm happy to go lower to get yeah. the job. <laughs> that's what it seems like to me. No, yeah, I know, I know, and that's what it feels like to many. Uh, yeah. It also, if, uh, just to show a couple of bold voice actors, it's also an opportunity for a lot of voice actors to go highly over. Yeah. Like, yeah. is negotiable? Uh, you say five, I say a thousand, and then yeah. we meet in the middle. So I know that from the classes I've done with other voice actors or conferences I've been to, a lot of the a lot of the knowledge exchange is about how do I quote for a job and what is a good pricing. And mm. I I realized that only having an up to option might actually instigate that you never go for the top price, but you also go in the middle. Again, I I have to stress, and I, I hate to sound too much of a data guy, but no, it is one is a, what it feels like, and the other one is what we see. So we didn't see that happening. So we thought, oh, this is okay. Everybody still quoting in a similar way. We're not into getting a race to the bottom, so we keep it like this. But then we also thought, well, why don't we offer the extra option and see if that works even better? So now there's that option is back. Okay. So what, with your data hat on, what yeah. do you see with the up to jobs? Do you see the budget being relevant to who's getting liked? Or what is the data telling you on that? So there's no direct correlation because it really depends on what kind of people are in the in the platform. There are, of course, clients in Voice on the Three that are looking for the cheapest amount they have to spend for a voice. Right. Uh, but for the majority, they just want the best voice. Yeah. And then there is enough leeway to go into that negotiation. So we don't see that, we don't see a correlation between being liked and be, and the amount you submit versus the amount requested. Right. That was, yeah, that's what I was getting at. So we don't see that correlation. However, there are clients that do that way and there are voice actors that like working that way. So we cater to 
both, but the majority of the system invoice on the three is, is there's no correlation, mm. short answer. Okay. It suggests to me <laughs> that the client is saying, we're prepared to pay this amount for the right voice. Is that tends to bear yeah, out? Yeah. Up to, and I'm, I'm potentially looking for if there's even someone better, I'm, I'm willing to negotiate even further. Yeah. So what I like to see voice on three as compared to other uh, platforms uh, out there um, that are paid to that are pay to play, we are more like an open market uh, platform, is that we go, we target a maybe an echelon of higher quality. Mm. I believe that the people that are on our platform from both sides uh, are either part of the industry from the get-go or have a desire to create when the, and that creation is more important than per se monetary uh, value. And I yeah. know I'm sounding off very idealistic because there's always a part of the platform that doesn't do that. Yeah. Just wants to have fast money. But compared to the uh, other parts of the industry, I really believe that the people that are on our platform like to create and clients don't mind. They are looking for the best quality voice. Yeah. Not necessarily for the fastest voice now, because then you go to, to Fiverr like. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> well, you named them. But um, I, I think people use your site to get the right voice. I think generally speaking, that's what I've noticed. Um, and there, like you say, are other places that people can go if they just want the cheapest of the cheap. Um, yeah. Okay, so I want to fly through a few now because we're running out of time, but um, this was added to the form, and I think it's a good question. Um, would it be possible to have an accent filter added to postings similar to language? Because, you know, accents are relevant as well. This is my favorite topic. Cool. <laughs> um, it is my favorite topic because it's a very complex and gray area topic. Okay. Um, we are... Uh, and I'll repeat myself, maybe an open marketplace where we allow people to come to our to our platform and we we do what we call curation based on incidents. So if if something bad happens on a platform, we go after it. But in theory, everybody can join. Right. Um, accents. There's one one thing is to have a language accent. So I clearly have a Dutch accent. Right. Mm. It's it's not that hard to mimic um, or imitate. And it's and it's related to where I grew up. It's 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 not ethnic per se. Yeah. Um, where I, and I don't want to say we here because this is definitely me speaking. Where I see a risk is that if I start asking for a, let's do the most uh, traditional example. If let's say the accent is African American, and as a client I I ask for an African American accent, and I see on the replies on the invitation about six non-African American people have submitted an audition. What do we do there? Is it then, we're first of all not delivering to the client, or maybe a client doesn't matter and they're okay with an imitation, mm. but when it comes to ethnic uh, stereotypes, I don't feel very comfortable making that a hard requirement in the platform per se. Mm. I feel this is something that should happen between, should be self-regulatory. And I know I'm going too philosophical on this because I know that you're, what you mean is that they're, especially maybe about yourself, you have, you're, you have a British accent, so you're, you can discard a lot of jobs that come through, so it would make it easier for you. Mm. But the negative side effect of doing accent is that we're going into a great territory that I don't want us to uh, go in as a platform on that level. I want the industry to self-regulate there. Mm. Does I mean, that make sense? I went yeah. very off topic here. No, 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 it makes sense. I completely understand why you'd have hesitation about that. Um, one way that may agents or you know other, other platforms have done it is that they will have a must be authentic 
element to that. Um, yeah. So so long as it's authentic, you know, you don't care. Like that's fine. But if someone's putting on a dodgy British accent and the person who's hiring can't tell the difference between authentic and <laughs> non-authentic, uh, yeah. that can potentially no, right. make them look silly. You know, mm-hmm. um, so maybe that that's a possibility. Adding a sort of must be authentic toggle to that as well. I don't know. I mean, I do understand no. your position. It's it's an awkward position to be in. No, and it, it would be an easy solution the way that you submit. I still think it would not uh, get rid of the extreme cases that we w- would then have. Yeah. There are people that just fill out everything on their platform and simply lie. We can curate that, but I don't want to have that moment for... I don't want to offend people in the platform on that on that specific topic. So I, yeah. There's different ways, and I like this topic a lot. I would I would suggest even talk about this topic for a single episode only on this topic with maybe multiple people because I like it a lot. Yeah, and I lo- I love to learn because I have one statement as a as a company, but as a, for you specifically as as a British um, voice actor living in the states, you have it's frustrating. Mm. There's a lot of jobs that that you get or it's not targeted enough. So I I, I see the crux on both sides, and I don't have an answer yet. Okay. Well, I know that you're going to VO Atlanta and I know that you're speaking to J. Michael Collins. So maybe yeah. listeners to this who are attending VO Atlanta can grill you. <laughs> I would like that. Yeah. <laughs> you can talk about that. Okay, great. Um, I think we only have one or two left. Um, one thing that I initially struggled with is the fact that you got rid of job or ID numbers. I've got around that by using the number in the URL, but is that some? Is there a reason for you removing that from the, from the process? Um, yes. Um, there is a reason because the way that it worked, because the way that the project ID worked, is because is because it also always worked like that. So it's more out of legacy that people like working like that. We saw specifically with new users, they were looking for ways to search by keyword, like how can I search about the specific project name, or how can I filter my inbox in a specific way. Mm. Um, so we decided to remove that ID and see if that is indeed as big as a frustration as 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 people say, and we're thinking about bringing it back mm. specifically because the people that have been so long in our platform used to work like that. Uh, yeah. But the idea would be that the ID, like the idea would be that a, a search in your inbox might work better or a way of filtering or sorting might work better. But I see the point. Yeah. Especially with me, having it for administrative purposes. Certainly. For me, you know, I get a lot of projects called British voice <laughs> or Brit yeah, voice needed so yeah. or something like that. So there's a lot of repetition. So I, the ID number was just sort of, you know, when I would search through previous uh, mm-hmm. jobs for the information, it was an easy way of finding it. So that was certainly useful. Um, like I say, get around it because there is essentially a job ID in the URL to make it unique. Yeah. Um, but but well, yeah. it's not ideal. No, it's not perfect. Um, and actually related to that, how do I... And it's only just coming up to sort of to light now because the changes have only been sort of made over the last couple of months. But how do I find the job information easily for a job that I auditioned for, say, two months ago? How can I search for that on the site and find that information? Could you give me maybe a more specific scenario? Because we have a search, for example, but uh, I mean... Yeah, I've used the search, but that tends to be for finding voices right that's not necessarily for finding no, no. projects so you have a search in your sorry you have a search in your invitation and uh, inbox and in your proposal inbox oh okay but it might not work for you so please sorry i interrupted so how no could, no, no. What, it's, it's fine I, I, so for example if i did a project 
uh, auditioned for a project, sorry, mm-hmm. two months ago, and the client says, great, I'd like to hire you. My first thing is, I in previous iterations, I'd go use the, the job ID back into the website and mm-hmm. find the job information and go, oh, okay, it was this one. I listened yeah. to my demo. Then I go send my email back to them and go, great, I'd love to work with you, blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. What's the process for that now? Because I can't see an easy way of finding that information on the website. Yeah, it would be to search about the specific project, but we see the project name, uh, but we see that not all clients do that. Yeah. Uh, so that this is one of the, the example that you give is one of the main reasons to bring back uh, the project ID. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. That was just a personal thing. I threw that in there. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let me see. I think we're there's a couple of ones that have actually already been answered. Yeah. At first, when this is the final thing, because uh, I think we've covered everything else. At first, when you first changed things over, I was getting all kinds of wacky auditions for mm-hmm. different things. But I think that's sorted out now. Do you, do you think your sort of algorithm has sort of finalized things at this point and understands who's who? Yes. So there's so we tested for about a year and a half, maybe two years with thousands of users. But then when we go live, we have hundreds of thousands of users. Yeah. And that's where systems break. And one of the things that we in the first week we realized that there were a couple of projects where we sent invitations to thousands and thousands of people that were not even related to their their specific preferences so right. the, wacky, the wacky jobs you were talking about yeah they should i hope you can confirm they're not happening uh, at all or maybe once every now and then yeah not as much certainly certainly no. yeah but it, part of it is the algorithm and we're and it is in the end we are a platform and a platform has certain algorithms in it and we have to constantly learn about them and update them so this is not something that we do for the next weeks it's something for we do for the next decade Every yeah. time we see an opportunity improve, we improve. Right. Okay. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, well, I really appreciate you spending the time with me today, answering all these questions um, and being so honest about everything. Um, do you have any final things you want to say to our audience about uh, this big change? Yes. So, so first of all, thank you for even uh, for having me and, and grilling me uh, in a kind way. <laughs> I, ex- I appreciate that. But the, the one thing that in part bugs me and in part the the people are right is that they might not feel heard all the time Mm. that we feel that as a voice actor i can understand that sometimes i talk to voice on the three and it's been crazy in the last couple of especially in the first month where our support team was kind of swamped Mm. and that why don't i get a reply or or why um why are they not talking and it was that's that's on me i want everybody to know so it's on me my idea was I want to not talk about changes per se, but I want to show changes and I want to show improvements week over week because every time I would share about things that we were doing in the future, I was making promises and would rather show results. Yeah. So what I would actually like to say is that we are listening. So we're, we're reading every email that comes in. We're, we're, we're trying to look at as many um, f- uh, social media accounts that al- allow us to, to listen to them and, and, and see their feedback. We're collecting all of that. We're testing with everybody. We're taking your feedback into account and we're trying to, and we're turning that, that into the next improvement that we make. That's one of the reasons why I don't know if everybody saw it, but I shared a public roadmap to make sure that everybody sees this is what we're working on now. Yeah. This is what we've done. And this is what's in progress right now. And we should build on that one because it's also the place where people can submit uh, like features or improvements that they want to have. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to 
say here is that we are listening and we are and it's on me that we've not always been that great at communicating that we're listening so that's what i wanted to add well i i love that and i think there were there certainly was a little bit of frustration at first with that because of but I, I think everyone understood that you were being <laughs> bombarded by <laughs> unhappy people um but i i will say that things have certainly improved a lot and uh, I do s like the direction you're going in, in a lot of aspects. And I, it does certainly sound, and we do appreciate that you're listening and uh, implementing a lot of the things and a lot of the issues that we had. And that it's inevitable that there are going to be some teething problems when you completely overhaul something that was very loved at the end of the day. You're, yeah. you know, the fact that you don't get involved in the... Uh, you know, the actual project itself, once, you know, you've connected us with the client, uh, people love that. And, uh, you mm -hmm. know, you've got a good, good, good reputation in the industry. So I think, uh, I think that's something to celebrate. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, appreciate it. Well, thanks so much. That was a great chat. I think I thought so too. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you to this week's guests. Thanks also to JMC Demos and IPDTL who sponsor the show. Thanks to Backstage Magazine and a special shout out to Patreon super member Angus McLeod. We'll see you again next time.